And I'm Hazel, and we're Carrot and Stick, a writing podcast that's all about trying out weird writing advice that we find on the internet and seeing if it actually helps us fight writer's block. This week, our challenge was read before writing. Just like it says on the box, you read before you write. We tried to read for about 20 minutes before writing every morning or every evening. This one wasn't really uh, anchored in a particular time of day, but that usually was the morning for me personally. Are we going to jump right into whether or not we found this successful? Because I'm like on the edge of my seat, like itching to say it. Okay, what did you think? Was it successful? No. Oh, (laughs) dang. I said it depended, but like overall, no. Yeah, there's such a body of evidence that I saw you collected of writers saying, like, you have to read in order to write. It helps so much to read before you write. And I get that. Like, I'm not an illiterate. I read in general. But, like, the act of pairing them, like, one before the other really intentionally just messes with my brain. Yeah, I can see that. I didn't think that it really um, detracted, but I also, I feel like I got to the end of the week and uh, did the word count and was like, well, that did not shake out super well. Okay, so how many words was that? Um, I wrote a few hundred because I was too embarrassed to count how many it was because it would be so sad. Um, But I wrote like about a page of script, maybe. It was a lot of tweaking. No shame. There's some shame, but it's okay. It was, and it was for um, my graphic novel script. What about yourself? I wrote 1,530 words of the witch story, but 1,000 words of that is brainstorming. That's so good, but I understand if you don't want to give that credit to reading before writing. I mean, the one time I did the challenge really well, and when I say really well, I mean like did it properly, was the time that I sat down and wrote just 1,000 characters of brainstorming and then just kind of like brain pooted and couldn't actually move on to the writing part. I was just really frustrated by that. I was like, what is the point of this? Did you have a really hard time, like, doing the challenge? Like, it was just difficult for me to find time to do both. Yes, I 100% agree with that. Um, I feel like I had the same issue with morning pages. Even though I prophetically guessed that this would be the issue, I was hoping that somehow I would, like, bend the laws of space and time and suddenly 20 minutes wouldn't seem like it was that long. But I did feel like it hindered me. I would just look at the clock and say, oh, if I only have 30 minutes and I have to spend 20 minutes of them reading before I write, I would just end up doing something else instead, honestly. It's so bad. Yeah, for me, like, the time that I spend writing and the time that I spend reading are just two completely different times of day. Like, I tend to read a lot when I'm on the train, like, just on my phone in between transit spots, or, like, when I'm just hanging out on my bed, I'll open up my book. But... These are not the times that I write. When I write, I'm like sitting down and I actually have a chance to do it. And then using that time to then go back and read is like, but I did this earlier. I don't have to do this now. Yeah, that's true. I also sometimes felt like reading would catapult me into the sort of like you're relaxing and you're not working space. And I know that writing is hard and that it's a little bit of a juggle of both where it's like you're doing it for fun, but it's also sort of work, but you don't want it to be so worky that you don't want to do it, but it's not all fun and games. So I know it's already kind of in this weird in-between space. Um, But I felt like when I would read and really get into reading and then the 20 minute timer would go off, I was kind of like not in the headspace to write. I was in the headspace to sit around and read and just like be in 100% relaxation mode, you know? Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. I think it's difficult for me to enjoy reading when I have a timer on 
one thing that surprised me is how long 20 minutes felt when you're being timed. When you're not being timed, you can spend 20 minutes reading and not thinking about it. But when you have an activity you have to get to afterward, you find yourself checking the clock and being like, oh, it's only been like 11 minutes. And then if you're in a really good part when the timer goes off, you're like, I don't want to stop reading. Congratulations, challenge. You made reading not fun. Oh, ouch. Yeah, this might be the biggest failure of all. (laughs) On a more positive note, um, as you mentioned, I did comb the internet trying to... um, Honestly, I just got to the point where I was like, there has to be something redeemable about this because everyone says to do it. So what am I missing? So I tried to find interviews with authors and things where they... Um, said more specifically, like, well, when I read before I write, it helps me because because I was trying to figure out what people normally get out of it. um, And I did not that wasn't really a success. uh, But I did find some lists of just like things to keep in mind. Like there was one author um, on the website prolific living, um, which I feel like you can tell I just found through Google. It's not like I frequent the prolific living blog. I think your way of living life is pretty prolific. I don't know (laughs) why. Thank you. And there was an author who wrote an article um, on that website called uh, Why Read Books to Write Well. And they had essentially finished reading Stephen King's On Writing, um, in which he says, quote, Stephen King says, if you don't have time to read, you don't have the time or the tools to write. Simple as that. And I know there are worse quotes, too, or just more harsh ones that Stephen King has said of just like, if you don't read, you're not a writer. It's really important to him, I guess, when it comes to what he thinks is important for writing. Um, And so this article, the author was like, what? Uh, what does reading a book help you with when it comes to writing? And they had a list of 39 things. And there were some interesting ones that I didn't think about, like just simply better vocabulary. Like that's true. Um, Also, if you read before you write, it might inspire yourself to see yourself as a writer, which I thought was an interesting one. Um, Or it might just make you feel motivated because if you read good art, you'll want to make good art. Those were a couple of the ones that I just had not really thought about while I was doing the challenge that I thought were interesting. Do you think there is any benefit to it at all? There's definitely benefit in reading in general. Like, I don't think anybody is going to dispute that. But I think, like, making it into a system and saying, like, I have to read this much in order to get my writing done is kind of silly. You know, just find something that you enjoy reading and you'll go back to it without having to schedule yourself. Yeah, also, I kind of assume that anyone who likes writing doesn't hate reading. That would be confusing. Like, you probably don't need to schedule in reading to make yourself write or to make yourself read. So did anything surprise you about the challenge? One thing was that I was reading a graphic novel that's very similar to the one that I am writing. Um, and I thought there there were some pretty glaring weaknesses, which made me be like, ooh, ooh, I'm on the right track. So that was kind of unexpected, um, where I didn't think that reading before writing would weirdly inspire me and that if I was reading something bad, it would make me feel kind of like energized kind of backwards not the best thing maybe but it was surprising this is a theme for you i've noticed we talked about this as well during the genre episode (laughs) just like bad things make me be like surely like my thing is good this is terrible (laughs) hey i mean it's fair and on a positive note one of the things that surprised me was that when i had sat down to read for a big chunk like 20 minutes of time when i normally wouldn't have later in the day i was more likely to Um, grab that same book and keep reading it instead of like putting on Netflix or something. So overall, it might have made me read more this week than I normally would have. So that was kind of an unexpected part of the challenge. What distracted you from your writing this week? Uh, I had friends in town and um, 
Halloween is coming up, which is very important. The best holiday, as previously discussed on the podcast. By the time this episode airs, I suppose Halloween will be over. Well, that's just as tragic. (laughs) But yeah, usual October stuff tends to be distracting. Yeah, it's a busy month. Uh, What about you? I felt distracted this week by getting... I got bad news on the agent querying front, which was just that that really good agent who asked me to rewrite my novel, which is called like a revise and resubmit, um, they they ultimately ended up passing, which was so sad, especially because they passed with like no information. Like the email was literally like, your writing is as impressive as ever, but we just didn't connect. And I'm like, wow, just didn't connect. That's, that's easy to work with that note. Like, real clear what to do to improve the book based on that. So that was really sad. That's so ridiculous, though, because you put months of work into their feedback. I know. This is why this is why publishing is so punishing. Ah. So I was... And I got that on, like, Friday. Um, so rather than let it ruin my weekend, I was like, I'm not thinking about this all weekend, which honestly, I think was kind of good because I put some distance between me and that bad note. Because, dear listeners, normally I deal with query rejection really well, but it was really hard to get this back being from someone who I had like worked with their notes for six months. Um, so I was like, okay, what do, uh, but it did derail me where it's like that weekend, I just didn't want to write either. Like I was like, I'm just going to do nothing related to this industry that just ouched my soul. Um, and that was fine. And then on Monday, I was kind of like, okay, well, I want someone who connects to the book, obviously, to represent it. And I want someone who loves it as much as I do to represent it. So this is not necessarily a bad thing. So that's kind of where I'm at now, where I'm not like in such a sad place. But um, it definitely derailed me for like three days where I was just like, mm-mm, mm-mm, can't write, just not, just upset. <laughs> that's a really good way to look at it, though. And also, like, the book is way stronger, I think. Not necessarily, like, just because of that person's notes, but because you were able to go back and spend that much time on it. Thank you. I hope so, too. And, you know, I hopefully I will get back in the queer trenches. I know last episode, um, I was like, everyone berate me if I don't query 10 agents. But to be fair, I queried one agent and then I got this response. And I'm probably going to put, a, like, a brief pause on querying agents just for, like, a week or two before I, like, dive back into that. Um, in part because I, I'm like asking like one friend to read it basically like someone who's never read it before and who's like a super critical person to just see if there's anything else glaring that's like wrong with it, I guess. But I don't know. I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, if the note is didn't connect, it's just completely personal taste at that point. Apparently seems that way. Flips desk and podcast microphone (laughs) dealing with it. Um, on a more (laughs) positive note, (laughs) what helped you write this week? What inspired you? I need to be inspired. So please tell me. Oh man, someone left a really nice comment on one of my fanfics and it made me smile. And uh, and then I went back and skimmed through the fic, as I usually do whenever I get a comment <laughs> that I really like. And uh, I found a lot of places that now I would probably go back and change, but that was kind of a good thing because I was like, oh, okay, I have improved as a writer since writing this, which should have been obvious, but I guess it wasn't. But even so, it still made me happy that my work is being enjoyed, so... Yay! You should always comment on fanfics, guys. It's so important to the writers, even if they don't respond because it's awkward and it's been like a year since the fic was posted. It means so much. (laughs) Oh, that's fair. And especially writing can be so solitary. Like, that's one of the great things about um, writing things and then putting them up on the internet where you can actually hear from readers directly. Like, it's so great to actually hear that people are enjoying your work. 
which also shout out to the people who have texted me about the podcast. Like a lot of you guys have sent really nice like emails or text messages just being like, I'm listening to it and I love it. And those mean so much to us. And I immediately share them all with Hazel and I'm just like, oh my God, (laughs) like this is so nice. So thank you for those. Um, Also reminder to leave iTunes reviews. I know you're all working on it, but just, you know, putting it out there. (laughs) What was inspiring for you? Yeah, in that vein, working on the podcast this week was actually really inspiring, where it's just like, especially because I didn't necessarily get a ton of writing done, but working on the podcast still made me feel creative. And it was good just to have like another project to work on. And I like the podcast. It makes me feel inspired sometimes. So everyone out there, start a podcast. (laughs) It'll help you write. I had this really dorky thought where um, You Belong came up on my shuffle on my phone. I was listening to it and walking around, and earlier in the podcast, I said that now I'm going to associate this song with, like, writing and being productive, and that's kind of a lie, actually. I realized I don't associate it with writing so much as I associate it with working with you, and what a great creative partner and friend you are. Oh, this is the part where you're going to have to, like, cut out, like, 20 minutes of happy sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, quick, quick. What are your goals for next week? (laughs) To love Hazel more every day. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't plan this. I really didn't plan this. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Halloween. I don't know. (laughs) My goals for next week are that there's one scene that I came up with a really good idea for how to revise, but I kind of dread revising it. So I really want to make sure that I get that done. Um, And I think, too, with these last two challenges have really been like, here's an excuse to put off writing because you have to waste, not waste, because you have to spend (laughs) 20 minutes, (laughs) 20 questionably productive minutes doing something else that isn't writing. So I'm excited to do a challenge that's a little bit more schedule oriented because apparently uh, that could help. (laughs) What are your goals for next week? Oh, boy. As we mentioned before, this next weekend is Hollow Weekend, and I normally spend the weekend, uh, I use the weekend days for editing the podcast, but uh, that is perhaps not going to be the case this week. So my goal is, uh, despite coming out of Halloween weekend as a literal skeleton, I'm going to just (laughs) try to do my stuff, do the challenge, do the writing, and edit the podcast, and if I do that, I will feel like the most victorious skeleton. (laughs) excellent we will put a skeleton a a crown of bones upon your skeleton head wait what's your costume i know this will be like old news by the time the podcast airs but what's your costume a skeleton are you part of the skeleton wars i am not part of the skeleton wars i i will be afterwards but only in spirit my costume for my work party is jubilee from the x-men i did this costume two years ago and i'm bringing it back because i'm lazy (laughs) and then uh the costume for the weekend is akechi goro from persona 5 and i'm so excited oh my god i love this boy i've been wanting to cosplay him for ages (laughs) nice Um, I'm going to a swing dancing thing tonight where Ben has one of those inflatable dinosaur suits that he will be wearing. And so the... Wait, the, the one the one with the T-Rex with the little itty bitty arms? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The one they made for Jurassic World. It's going to be so good. How excited are you to swing dance with the dino? Like 2000%. Though we did try it last night and he got a little lightheaded. So this T-Rex <laughs> may only have like three dances in him. <laughs> But he's so he's gonna go as the T Rex, and then I'm gonna go as um, reverse gender Jeff Goldblum. And we have a friend who's going to go as the hacker girl. And I'm trying to get my friend to go as similar as like a gender swapped um, 
like the the female doctor <laughs> because he has the wardrobe for it like he has the short shorts he has like the pink polo shirt that he can totally use like it it would be great and i have the all black uh jeff goldblum getup and uh, amazing glasses so <laughs> It's going to be so good. And then I think over the weekend, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but my costume is um, Stoya the Destroyer from Glow. So that'll be cool. That sounds cool. I don't know what that is, but it sounds cool. It's just like from a Netflix show, but it's like a really, it's a good, it's a good fun feminist show. So overall judgment, read before writing, two thumbs down. I mean, you should read, but do it whenever you want. Like, don't let anyone tell you when you can read. Amen. Amen. For next week's challenge, we're going to try something that we have dubbed calendar stickers. This is a method um, that I found Victoria Schwab, an author, talking about that's also used by a couple of other people like Liney Taylor and Aaron Bow. Um, it's also, weirdly enough, used by Jerry Seinfeld, although he doesn't do stickers. He does giant X's on his calendar. So basically how it works is that every day that you successfully write, you get to give yourself a sticker. That sticker can refer to writing like 500 words in that day. It could be a thousand words. It could be a time-related goal, like I'm going to write for 30 minutes. It could also be if you're doing screenwriting or something, it could be like I'm going to write one page. So every day that you successfully achieve that goal, you place a sticker on your calendar. And your goal is just to put a sticker every day on your calendar because that calendar is going to loom over you and both motivate you uh, to try to get a sticker if it's towards the end of the day. Um, And if you have accomplished it, you can look back on it and be proud. So that's kind of how the system uh, works. So I'm going to be hitting at my local dollar store and finding a calendar probably with lots of dogs on it. And uh, excellent, you know, sticker that that baby up. Also, if you want to go the um, extra affordable route and you don't have a calendar, you could also just print one off the internet for this month, or you could draw one old school style. Yeah, you could steal some printer paper from your school or workplace and just draw on the back. You could also do the giant X's if you want, if you don't want to go buy stickers. Uh, Or if you have a little stamp, you could stamp. That'd be pretty cute. So Hazel, I think it's time for our weekly favorites. I'm so happy for this. So... This week, my weekly favorite is Fence, exclamation point, by C.S. Facat and Joanna the Mad. Technically, this book is not even out yet, so calling it my weekly favorite might be a bit too <laughs> fast, but I only learned about its existence this week, and I was so excited because C.S. Facat, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, is the author of the Captive Prince trilogy, which I like destroyed earlier this year, and I loved it. And Joanna the Mad is like a monolithic presence in in the fan art community seeing the two of them collaborate on something i just know it's gonna be so good and i'm so excited it comes out soon everyone should get it and read it oh that's cool is it a graphic novel that they're collaborating on or is it just like she's doing illustrations for a book it's a graphic novel and not only that they've both uh draw influence from uh japanese sports manga which is my favorite thing so i'm so (laughs) excited (laughs) Also, Ben and I listened to some of Samus's music when we were driving back um, from our little weekend trip that we took. Good stuff. It is. It's so Weekly is. favorites, we always nail it. They're <laughs> always so good. <laughs> What's your weekly favorite? My weekly favorite was John Green's latest book. I, I'll admit it, even though I am a 26-year-old person reading young adult that's about 16-year-olds, I don't care. Um, I was on the fence about buying this book for a while. Uh, just because John Green hasn't written a book in like seven years. And 
Um, I wasn't sure how much I was going to enjoy this new one. Uh, and I, I love it. It's what can I say? I've powered through like half of it in two days. I just love teenagers who talk like they're philosophy students. It's great. And he's like so good at metaphors. I'm over it. That's all. <laughs> I had this talk with Emma, actually. And um, this is something that I struggled with as well, because I was like, yeah, I'm a 26 year old person who gets really, really invested in comics about 16 year old boys. Is this okay? And um, Emma pointed out that like, this isn't like a 16 year old boy who exists in the real world. This is a 16 year old boy with the interiority of an adult Japanese woman. And I was like, you're right. You're 100% right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Where it's like, I th and I feel like that's valid, and it's also just valid that, like, you were a 16-year-old at one point. Like, like both versions are fine that they're correct. Like, this, the 16-year-old who's fictional can have, like, a very rich internal landscaping that is, like, so much more familiar to someone who is older. But it's also, like, I was 16, and I, like, I went to school. I get it. I get the school conflicts. <laughs> Life was simpler with bells. Love the bells. Hate the bells. Pretty much hate the bells. For the most part, <laughs> look back fondly on the bells going, so glad I don't have to live that life anymore. <laughs> it's time to ring the bell on our podcast, though. It's, it's the end of this week. What a good transition. <laughs> if you like our podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes to help people find us. We would really appreciate that. And don't forget to subscribe. If you're downloading each episode individually, that is valuable time that you could be using to write. <laughs> You really told them there. I try to keep it amusing. If you want to hear more amazing advice from Lizzie, you can reach us on Twitter at Lizzie and Hazel. That's Lizzie with a Y. You can also reach us at carrotandstickpodcast at gmail.com or on our Tumblr at carrotandstickpodcast. You can also follow us on our fabulous Instagram. I'm allowed to say it's fabulous, right? And still be humble. It's curated by the best. Oh, thank you. It's really fun. I love Instagram. I think photos are great. So if you want to go follow us, uh, we are also Carrot and Stick Podcast there. Uh, thank you to Slime Girls for letting us use their music for our intro and outro. The song is You Belong off No Summer No Cry. I already cried a little about this song, so I'm already failing. <laughs> we will see you in episode nine. Stick a sticker. Write some words. Red stars can be for graphic novel. Green stars could be for, like, a query letter sent. Like, blue stars could be for exercise. Like, it was like, oh, God, this could spiral out of control. You're just going to have too many stickers on your calendar. Like, it's good to have accomplishments, but let's slow down.